Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Belong Church. We're so glad that you guys are with us again this week. And if you joined us last week or if you heard me talk two weeks ago, I talked about we're going to start seeing some messages from our overseers. And last week we saw Pastor Tad Matthews from Church on the Rock in Palmetto, Florida. And he's my pastor and he's the one who was responsible largely from hearing the word from God for us to come back to Texas. And this week you're going to hear from Pastor Joe Cadena. And Pastor Joe and I have a great, uh, just a wonderful relationship. And I was one of the, I was one of 12 pastors at his church, um, uh, Central Vida Nueva, or the New Life Center in Bradenton, Florida. And I was one of 12, and we were the only white gringos. We were the only um, English-speaking only people there. And I don't, I don't know any Spanish, and I certainly don't know any still today. Um, I just knew enough to know when they were talking about me. But I love Pastor Joe like you can't even believe. In fact, we, we call each other best friend. Every time he calls me, he goes, how's my best friend? I'll call him like, God bless my best friend. And it's just so awesome to have friendships in, beyond ministry, but just friendships. And I'm just so excited. He called me whenever I asked him if he would do this. He called me whenever he went to Church on the Rock. And Pastor Tad was so gracious and Riley to record this message for us at Church on the Rock. So you'll see that the background is the same. But as I was talking to him, he's like, you want me to tell you what I'm going to see? Do you want me a preview? And I said, no, 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 I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it until actually I'm watching it in church. So I'm not even going to cheat. So you're in for a treat. And I cannot wait to hear what Pastor Joe has. Turn your attention to the screen. Hey, everybody. What a joy. What a pleasure to be able to direct myself toward the audience. I want to thank uh, Pastor Kevin Behrens, his wife, Lenore. I want to thank Church on the Rock family here in Palmetto, uh, as well as Dallas, for the opportunity that you give me to be able to just share this message. My name is Joe Kadena. I have the honor and the privilege to have pastored for 29 years, way back, you know, in the Gulf War. Uh, I started out, my wife, you know, myself, we just uh, dove into shepherding as the Lord uh, placed the calling upon our lives. And 29 years later, 30, here we are. I thank the Lord for the opportunity that he gives me. Uh, of course, you know, I want to honor my wife, Rosa Kadena, um, whom I've been traveling with on this journey called marriage for 38 years. We've four children, nine grandchildren, and just uh, an opportunity to share a word. I want to share with you today on the subject, Focus Forward. You know, we have a lot of distractions in this particular time that we're living. I mean, you have situations as the pandemic, the economic, you know, uh, if you will, issue that we're all going through as a nation, the unrest as far as, you know, the different protests that are going on in the country. And we're living a time where we as believers, as Christ followers, need to maintain our focus. We want to focus forward. And I want to share with you five keys to maintaining your focus. I want us to focus on scripture. We're going to read out of Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 56. Let's read scripture as we go into our subject. When the days were coming for a close, for him to be taken up, this is talking about Jesus, our Savior, he determined to journey to Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead of him and on the way entered a village of Samaritans to make preparations for him. But they didn't welcome him because he determined, Jesus had determined to journey to Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them as Elijah also did? But 
Jesus turned to them and rebuked them and said, you don't know what kind of spirit you belong to. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy people's lives, but to save them. We're going to talk about focusing forward. Maybe you have a vehicle such as the one that, you know, I have that's got, you know, your typical backup rear view camera. You use that very seldomly. Is that not true? Absolutely. Only when you need it. But the majority of your time, you spend it focusing forward. You need to know what's ahead of you. And in order to know what's ahead of you, of course, as you're traveling down the road, you need to have some particular destination. You need to have a place to go, whether it be, you know, to buy some groceries or, you know, maybe head out uh, to a particular place for entertainment. Whatever the case might be, we're always in need to focus forward. There will be times when we will look back, but mostly we are always looking forward. And we're going to learn through Jesus, our Savior, five keys to focusing forward. Now, to be able to get, you know, a clear picture of where we're going, I think it's important for us to see the meaning of focus. When we talk about focusing, we're talking about managing our lives in such a way as we have seen in our personal destiny. We're all heading in different directions, but we're all heading somewhere. So when we talk about focus within the topic that we're sharing, focusing forward, as an individual, as people of faith, we all must learn to manage our lives in such a way as we have seen in our personal destiny. Jesus had a personal destiny. He had a, you know, a personal, if you will, goal up ahead of him. And his focus was razor sharp. And I want us to share five key principles five key things that will help us to maintain our focus. The first of which is seen in verse 51 of this chapter 10 of the book of Luke. The first thing is you've got to know the timing of your transition. We're focusing forward. We're all heading into different directions. We are all looking, if you will, to step up in life. I believe that we're all looking for that, you know, better opportunity. We're all looking for that moment where God will bless us as he gives us direction in that that we're to do as we transition. Listen to, to, to the word of God as it speaks about the Lord Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, verse 51, it says, when the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up. Jesus was going to be taken up. The days were coming for a close in order that he would be transitioned. And there are things in your life and in my life, in our lives, that are calling us for a transition. Where are you at today? What is it that you've been doing of late that has led you to the moment where you must transition into a, if you will, greater area of responsibility? Someone said on a certain occasion that with greater pay, there comes greater responsibility. And maybe, you know, you're looking to, you know, make something more than what you've been making here of late. The opportunities that arise, you know, those areas that you've studied for, that now we're calling you to transition into them. And the Bible says that Jesus 
When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, he took things very seriously. So the first key is knowing the timing of your transition. What, what is it when we mention the word transition that draws us? Is it not the opportunity to, you know, advance in life? I believe so. Transition is the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. Jesus was going to be transitioned up into heaven and we will be transitioned to different places in our life as well that call for, you know, higher responsibility that will put a little more demand upon our lives. And of course, there will be the rewards that follow with that. In 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, verses 1, and then afterward, 9 through 14, we read that the time had come for the Lord to take up Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken up. So Elijah answered, please let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. Elijah replied, you have asked for something difficult. Transition is not easy. Transition is rather difficult and challenging, but it's a needed step in order for us to broaden our reach. I've been traveling this road here. I gave my life to the Lord when I was a 17-year-old young man, 52 now. The years have gone by, but I've come to the understanding that the Lord has allowed me to transition in the different seasons of my life to have a broader outreach. I thank the Lord for the opportunity that he has given me to transition. I come from a background where, you know, my family, they were immigrants from, you know, a Latin American country. When they come over, they brought me over along with them. I mean, I was here in the need to be able to assimilate, if you will, into the uh, North American culture, which, thank the Lord, I did along with my brothers. And here we are, transitioning even today. I'm transitioning as I speak over into Dallas. I'm having this great privilege and I am really enjoying it. Now, is it easy to transition? Absolutely not. Elijah heard Elisha ask for a double portion of his spirit. That was not an easy thing to ask because along with the double portion, there was to be a transitioning moment. Now, the scripture says that Elijah, in verse 9, said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken up from you. So Elijah answered, please let there be a, a double portion of your spirit in me. Elijah replied, you have asked for something difficult. Now listen to this. This is very important. It says, if you see me being taken up from you, you will have it. If not, you won't. Elijah, in verse 13, as we drop down, says, that after Elijah had been taken up, he dropped his mantle. And Elijah, if you will, picked up the mantle that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. When he took the mantle Elijah had dropped and struck the waters himself, they parted to the right and to the left, and Elijah crossed over. Now, it's important for us to know that within transitions, there are things that you have learned from your mentors, things that you have learned from people that, you know, saw your upbringing. You must not, as you focus forward, forget the people 
both men and women, you know, younger ministers, older ministers, seasoned ministers, they've, they, they, they've blessed you with different, you know, experiences, with different lessons in life that they've shared with you. You must not forget them. In the transitioning of your life, don't forget those people that have blessed you and have helped you and have nourished and encouraged you along the way. So the first key to maintain your focus is know the timing of your transition. We're going to go fast here for the last four, so hold on and let's continue on this focusing forward journey. The second key is you've got to be determined and decisive. Luke chapter 9 verse 51 says that Jesus had determined to journey to Jerusalem. There's a lot of indecisiveness today. People that don't really know what they want. They have all sorts of dreams and, if you will, even visions of, you know, their advancement, but they're not willing to be decisive. You've got to be decisive. When you focus forward, be decisive. You've got to be determined as Jesus was. Now, the word determined has to do with having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it. Jesus was focusing forward. He had determined to head into Jerusalem and there was nothing that was going to hold him back because he was focusing forward. And that's the way that it should be in our lives. What has the Lord placed upon your heart to do? I know that there are different things that are, you know, calling and demanding of your time and, you know, there are different, you know, areas that, you know, you dabble in, but, but what is that particular determination or decisive action that you are being called unto? Jesus was determined and decisive. Now, I want to go to our third point. The third key is you've got to watch out for deviations on the way. Because once you're focused and you're going forward, there's going to be all sorts of attempts to deviate you, to sidetrack you. It's happened in my life. I've been pastoring now for last count, I believe we're going on 30 years, maybe a whole lot you know, longer than some of you have lived, or maybe not. But here we are, focusing forward, determined and decisive. The third key is to watch out for side deviations on the way. Look at what Luke chapter 9, verse 52 and 53 share in regards to Jesus' focusing forward. It says that he, Jesus, sent messengers ahead of him and on the way, listen to this, on the way they entered the village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. Now remember, Jesus was determined to go to Jerusalem. He was not going to be, if you will, sidetracked or deviated from that purpose. Now, the disciples, maybe they had, you know, there are certain reasons why they, you know, felt they wanted to go up in, you know, the Samaritan camp. But, but Jesus was not having that, and the Samaritans were not having it either. Listen to what it says as it continues. So Jesus sent messengers ahead of him on the way they entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But, Scripture says, they did not welcome him because he determined to journey to Jerusalem. They knew, the Samaritans that is, they knew what Jesus' intentions were. And they knew that he wasn't, you know, going to go to their village or their particular area and, 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 and hang out or stay, you know, for two, three, four months. No, he was just, if you will, he was just passing by. Now, the disciples, they didn't quite understand that. And they were a sort of a means of deviating Jesus from his focus. Don't allow things like that to happen. 
Don't allow the deviations of life. I mean, if you've got a clear plan for your future, whether it be, you know, your studies, uh, you're looking, you know, for a degree, you're looking, you know, for whatever the case might be, uh, something that would, you know, better your state of living, expand your brain knowledge. Don't let nothing deviate you from that. And people must know what it is that you're determined. Share with people. Uh, share with people your dreams and, you know, your, 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 you know, future as you hold it. Share it with your mother. Share it with your father. Share it with your friends. Share it with your spouse. Share it with people so that they will know that you know exactly what you want in life. Focus forward. I'm calling you to look at the things that are trying to deviate you and put a stop to that. Say, no, I'm focused here, whether it be a degree that you're looking, you know, in, in your pursuit, uh, whether it be, you know, a master's or a doctorate or whatever the case might be. Don't allow anything to deviate you from that. It might be, you know, that you're here of late looking to go into ministry. And there's all sorts of distractions. I mean, distractions there even today for me as a 29-year shepherd. But I know what it is that the Lord has placed within my heart. And you should seek to know what that is. Whether it be going to the medical field, whether it be going to the teaching, the, the, the teaching field, whatever trade. I mean, you can be the greatest carpenter. Jesus' earthly father was. You can be an incredible doctor, such as Luke, if you will. But you've got to be focused. So watch out for deviations. Uh, the word deviation is the action of departing from an established course or accepted standard. Jesus was going to have none of that. He was focused forward. And so should we. Focus forward. Let's go to our fourth key point, if you will. Don't let the feelings of others get in your way. Luke chapter 9, verse 54. When the disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven as Elijah did to consume them? All their feelings got all caught up in what was going on. And listen to this. Jesus then, in verse 55, says, turned to them and rebuked them and said, you don't know what kind of spirit you belong to. Think about it for a moment as you focus forward. Don't let the feelings of others get in the way. Some people are not going to agree with you. Some people are going to say, you know what? You're not cut out for that. I'm going to share this with you real quick. I was a 13, 14, 15-year-old going to middle school. I was a chronic stutterer. I couldn't speak fluently. Literally, literally, there were people that would ridicule me and belittle me, even within my family. One of my brothers said to me once, he said, you know what, Joe? If you can't speak, please don't try. Because you not only embarrass yourself, you're embarrassing me. That hurt me to the core. But I didn't let that. The feelings of my brother, even though I was a chronic stutterer, even though I could not hold to speech, I did not let that sidetrack me. Whatever it is, the feelings of others, they don't know what it is that God has placed within you, the potential. All that God has invested in you, don't let the feelings of others dilute that. Jesus did not allow the disciples' feelings to get in the way. He was focused forward. And you must do the same as you focus forward into whatever area God is calling you to conquer in the name of Jesus Christ, his son. The last thing I want to share before we come to a close here is the importance 
of focusing on your calling. In verse 56, Jesus finishes off saying to the disciples, for the son of man did not come to destroy people's lives, but to save them. Jesus knew exactly what his calling was. His calling was to save people, to reach people. Not to go into, you know, if you will, a pity party because he had been, you know, because he had been uh, uh, rejected by society. No, he knew exactly what it was that his calling was. And in order for you to focus forward, you need to know exactly what your calling is and focus on that. Your calling doesn't necessarily have to do with, if you will, the five-fold ministry. Oh, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a prophet, an evangelist. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a shepherd. There's, there's much more that God calls his people to. I mean, it'd be great if God would call you into shepherding. I've been praising the Lord through this ministry for 29 years. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it is only in that area that God would want to use us. What is your calling? Particularly in these days, the situation that's going on around us. Maybe it could be to head out and, you know, protective mask and social distancing and doing all that needs to be done. But, but we can still minister. Maybe it's to take, you know, uh, if you will, uh, some groceries to needy families. That could be a calling. That's as important as being, if you will, an apostle or a prophet, an evangelist, a teacher or a shepherd. What is your calling? Be the best at what God has called you to do. Remember, stay focused. Jesus did and we can as well. This is the word of the Lord for all of those that are allowing me to share this into your hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you and we'll talk to you on another occasion. Bless you. Amen.